0: Hello and welcome back to the Life With Magic podcast. My name is Magic and I am your host. Life With Magic hosts conversations with people from all walks of life. I talk to sex workers, licensed therapists, teachers, artists, activists, religious leaders, and interesting people I meet on the internet. I truly believe the knowledge is all around us. We just need to open our eyes, our minds, and our hearts in order to see it and receive it. My special guest for today is the one and only Dr. Wang Newton. Dr. Wang is a Taiwanese born American performance artist specializing in the art of drag. Assigned female at birth, Wang takes on hypermasculine theatrical expression, known in modern times as Drag King performance, to give social commentary on culture and politics with comedic jabs. Wang has traveled internationally to host events and provide cheeky improvised interviews. After 16 years of performing, Wang is considered a prominent king, voted one of top 25 in the world, as well as the premier king of Asian heritage. Please everybody give a warm welcome to the one and only Dr. Wang.
1: Hey baby, it's me, Dr. Wang Newton. Ah, yeah. this is so exciting. So I am not going to be in character, and uh, you can Google all the fun Dr. Wang cheesy Chinese accents all you want, but here today you get me and, and this meow coming through. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have been MC. Oh wow, since two thousand four, and I started off in Philadelphia, and turns out that. Today, there's, did you know there's only approximately 40 drag kings of Asian heritage in the entire world? And there's billions. So I have been going at this for a while. And I have to say that I guess my style is not so much lip syncing, but more about being an MC, uh, comedian, you know, really improv off the cuff. Performance art, interacting with people, and then expanding it to to gender-bending, gender-fucking, culture-fucking, however you like to to mix and match. I bring the intersectionality of being queer, Asian, and um, assigned female at birth.
0: Perfect. Like, I think, (laughs) boom, drops the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The word that really stuck out to me, and I've seen you use this word a lot, is culture-fucking what is culture fucking mm. well
1: it it's my kind of joke on well, let's let's say gender fucking right you know mm. that's a mix of traits that we deem from the two binaries male female and then mixing it up well i like to say the same with culture it it is um, a play off of Asians and assimilating into America. This is my experience coming to the U.S. from Taiwan at five years of age, um, and I think I, I've just become more silly with it because, I mean, how how kooky is it? No one ever hears our narrative anyway. Up until now, the the Asian diaspora at large, right? um to me it feels like that in asia time and time again we stand out we those that have emigrated and so it's it's like we're already americans or not you know non-asians to them but in america we're a monolith and everyone wants to group us with every other asian immigrant no matter what country what culture so at this point you know the the subversive comedian side of me just is like whatever so it's it's taking the fact that i did grow up you know with in america small town big city traveling the world at this point it's just you know which parts are parts of you that you did pick up right which things Mm -hmm. can you that are a part of you without trying too hard uh you know which parts of different cultures did I pick up along my travels and it's also just Wang going into another country and and when I'm in South America I speak Spanish so I'm, I'm messing with the people being a little bit Senor Wang right <laughs> so wherever I am I'm just like mixing it up mixing right. it up
0: <laughs> yeah. so that's culture that. fucking to me <laughs> okay that makes sense that makes sense Senor Wang I want to hear your Spanish <laughs> Give or Puppy Wang
1: uh, it's actually Poppy Wang.
0: Poppy Wang, okay. That's okay. what the Raysies
1: like to call me. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Poppy Wang, Dr. Wang. Uh, what's day? Today is Wang's day. Um, I just Wang's want everyone day. to know, today is Wang's day. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely love your work. And one of the series that you have going on now on your Instagram is um, Create Your Own Narrative or Write Your Own Narrative. Mm -hmm. And it's been such a beautiful reminder that, like, you know, you can create your own narrative. Like, at any point, you can just be like, this is who I am, and this is what I want to do, and this is, you know, how I want to show up in the world. I think too often we get stuck, and I want to say we, as, like, children of immigrants, we get stuck with other people's narratives of what we should be, how we should show up in this world, what job Mm -hmm. we should, you know, get And there's a lot of pressure personally in my life. I I dealt with a lot of pressure from like mom and dad telling me, we want you to go to university. We brought you to the U.S. for a reason for you to be successful in this and that. And at some point I was like, wait a minute, I'm not even living my own life. Like, what the fuck? Who even am I? Right. And it's like, that's to me the biggest journey of all that.
1: That is actually having real guts and courage. Mm-hmm. You know, once you discover more of that or give yourself, I like to say, give yourself the nutrients, mm-hmm. right, as if you're continuously growing, like what if discovering yourself is okay, uncovering a bit more, right, of who you are, but along the way you kind of grow or blossom,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: that that's how it felt for my journey, so therefore, yeah, Give yourself the nutrients to actually grow and flourish. And and if you sense that you weren't by conforming to university and doing what they needed you to do mm-hmm. at a specific timeline, it may not be your timeline. Mm-hmm. But we know that many people have done it but before us. Right. They just have jobs. We might not remember what their names are. <laughs> right. But you, my friend, you know, I've enjoyed watching you grow as well and come on the scene and slay it. So (laughs) um, it actually does provide something. And if you didn't really uh, reach out to me, I I wouldn't really have connected with you for this interview. Like, like how would we have, like, really connected, Mm -hmm. you know? Do you know that you inspire us as well? It's it's cyclical.
0: Thank you. And by Thank us you. I mean the O heads. <laughs> yeah, you are an OG dragon. You said you've been doing drag for sixteen years? Since two thousand four. Oh wow. Now, Halloween two thousand four. Because... How did that how did that story come about? On Halloween? Oh
1: yeah. Picture this. <laughs> Philadelphia, two thousand four. It was um a friend that had a birthday party in New York when I lived in Philly, that had this birthday wanted a wig and black clothing, and I was bored as AF in my cubicle, and I just ugh, tried to take what I had. I just came from living in Berlin for a hot minute, like staying in Europe. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't know if many people know this, but it's yeah. Like to heal from 2000, like to heal from 9-11, I didn't take any pharmaceutical drugs. I actually didn't know what to do. It was like witnessing, you know, part of 9-11 with my own eyes in New York. And then uh, two years later was the war on TV and stuff. And I just like, I need to get out of America. I need to bounce for a minute. So that was my natural healing. And that was healing before I was on a spiritual path. So uh, the influence of Berliners being so amazing and artistic and free really uh, planted a seed within me. Uh, Years before that, I had George Takei, Mr. Sulu himself, say to me, like we hired him to be a panelist. um, And he said, I was like, this is how little like, how little I was inside, like, little me, um, small me, and I said to him, because I was doing some extra work, I was like, wow, do you have any advice on how to be an extra, and he didn't even laugh in my face, he just, like, was real cool, like, he said to me very nicely, why be an extra when you can be the star, and, um, Again, they're all just seeds, so I think it culminated in 2004, eventually when I was just so bored and something wanted to be expressed, but I wasn't sure what I didn't know I was an artist or I didn't I couldn't admit to myself uh, and yet I was a former club kid, like turning looks, 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 and it was just oozing out of me. Uh, but I again, you know, when you can't see yourself then you're not really sure how you show up to other people. So here I am, a little older, in 2004, and I had this little Halloween assignment, and I took that opportunity, like that deep gut feeling. I've never had that gut feeling ever again, like that that strong. And I just went with it. People kept requesting for me to show up at parties time and time again. But again, I was already a promoter, so by christmas i was like all right y'all can pay me <laughs> you know because i brought a following and um it was the queer scene and it was also uh branching out to like the the fancy little lounges and the business district et cetera, et cetera. so yeah that's how
0: i started and ever since then it's been just non-stop wing dynasty Wangtopia, Wangtopia,
1: <laughs> yes um, I I was wanging for a long time. I had a hiatus, mm-hmm. um, uh, where I was called to be training in in like energy work and the healing yeah. arts, which is you know unbeknownst to me as well, mm-hmm. right? So there was a moment where, um, you know, it's like I wasn't showing m- myself, you know, out of drag to the press like press started coming in early around 2005 um so that was a first little segment and then there was just training in uh, shamanic style of breath work and doing other body work and you know all these kinds of things that i wanted to train in mm-hmm. and give facilitate to other people because i was like wow like yo in an hour you can feel this way this is crazy Like, how do i show other people but meanwhile it actually was for my own healing Um, then I would say that I've been Wang and only recently have started to show the club kid and the, the high femme or the, the whatever other versions. So as an actor now, like, you know, doing more acting then I did that at Instagram narrative series, like choose your own narrative, sort of a Mad Lib, right? Like if the comments commentators wanted to like do their own story, but the point of that was just like, you know, is it all drag? And who else are we? Like, why don't we see more of me-ish type um, in the media? And and what kind of movies would you like to see
0: starring us?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Starring right.
1: Magic Dyke.
0: <laughs> right? Right, right. I really love that. Like, the way that. You know, you created a space for people to just, you know, create their own narrative as the series is so perfectly titled. And hearing about your healing journey and the fact that you are into, you know, breath work and spirituality, uh
1: Yeah. Oh, like uh indigenous, you know. Okay. Like, so yeah,
0: would it be you are a shaman or you practice no. shamanism?
1: No. Um, yeah, shaman is definitely I would not take that title. You know, Mm -hmm. people give titles, but I'm definitely not um, taking that title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is something else. I I feel it's, you know, more reserved for the Latinx culture and Uh indigenous cultures. There are Korean shamans. There are shamans, certainly, of Asian cultures. Mm -hmm. I myself am not calling myself that. Okay. Um, I just say it's a shamanic style. I mean, whether we honor the four elements, you know, mm-hmm. using natural. Um, I don't use plant medicine, so that's what people like think of when they think shamanism. Mine is actually just using the breath and guiding people to a deeper state, um, a med- deeper meditative state. So, yeah, I, I would say natural elements, right? Music, instruments, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, like, wh- I'd love to hear about what you do, actually.
0: My journey started in, like, 2007 is when, no, 2017, whoa, I just took myself way back. <laughs> 2017 <Ooh. laughs> is when um, I was really in a place of, like, the absolute lowest. Like, you know, when you hit bottom, like, rock bottom, and there's nowhere else yeah. to go but up. And when I was at my rock bottom, it forced me to look at, look within And like really examine myself and like I was sitting there like you are about to be like 20 something and you don't really experience life like I'm not someone who used to go out like had too much anxiety to be in a social setting especially by myself so like I was just a very withdrawn kid (laughs) turning into a withdrawn adult and I was like this is not really what I want to do like I feel like there's more. You know, like, I like dancing. I know that much. I like dancing in my room. I like listening to Usher and pretending to moonwalk and, like, watching old, like, Michael Jackson concert videos. And I was like, one day, I'm going to get paid to do this on stage. This was before I knew what drag k- drag kings or just drag was. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get paid to dance and, and, like, fake sing one day. And... Right?
1: It's just like, okay, y'all can pay me now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's... After a bit of soul searching, I stumbled upon a drag bar and then I was like, holy shit, this is what the fuck I was dreaming about when I was like oh, a lonely, you know, teenager just dancing in my room by myself. And um, it took a lot of me saying yes to myself. I had to give myself the I permission to step out of my comfort zone. And once I did that, I was like, who, who are you? And I was like, magic magic dyke i want to be like magic mike but the drag king version and i was like okay magic dyke so what are you gonna do i was like i'm gonna get on stage and do the thing even though i'm so fucking scared you know and every step of the way i was just giving myself the permission to be confident to be someone that i've never ever ever had the chance to be which is confident super sexy smooth you know someone who exu- exudes like just joy you know unapologetic yeah. queer black joy and a that's...
1: Asian counterpart
0: <laughs> and I think Same. that's why I vibe with your work yeah. so much because I'm like look at all this joy look at this person just like putting big smiles on everyone's faces like I've watched your clips I, I listened to you know all the things that you post um your new song like it's just joy unapologetic joy so that's that's pretty much the seed that was planted in my world was like me being like hey like you gotta do a little something you know you don't want to die just being a loner like which is if that's your path that's your path but for me I was like there's something uh, within uh, straight me that wants up, to come let's, out right but let's get
1: real you know mm. all the joy typically in artists that we see comes from a deeper well of sorrow mm-hmm. tears of the clown so i think um this is the only one of the only spaces where or interviews in general like these that we can acknowledge that and, and i'm okay you know saying that so from um i think the audience should know that so you came to the u.s at 10 years of age Mm -hmm. And I came at five, you know, our particular journey um, in our physical bodies out of drag in this world. What is that like on the day to day? And I went from Oklahoma to Minnesota to central Pennsylvania, small town, 5,000 people. You know? So what is that like up until college? Mm -hmm. Right. I was like, I'm out, I'm going to like either philly or new york i'm and so I went to both. <laughs> it's like, I'm out, but <laughs> I don't know what this is, but y'all on some other shit, so <laughs>
0: yeah and, and
1: and we can see that it's you know why Trump won, like I was not in shock, like that's the vibe, so I knew that and that's a slice of me and so back to you bob you came (laughs) at 10 Mm -hmm. and right something had you not
0: be extrovert Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of assimilation um because i remember specifically i came here when i was in the fourth grade and that's the tender age when everyone is like you know these are my friends and this is you know, not clicky in the sense of like high school, but that's kind of like when when kids are like, "Oh, this is someone that kind of likes the same things as me." Oh, we're going to recess. I have my friend over there that likes playing hopscotch, and being someone who was in ESOL, which is English for speakers of other languages, um, I was like, "Fuck," you know, I can't talk to them because they make fun of my accent. Um, I dress differently because my parents take me to the thrift store. We can't afford. The latest shoes, and it's like I'm shy to speak up because, once again, like I have an accent, I read everything phonetically, and the English language is so confusing. Like, and right, just going through that is what built this introverted shell, mm-hmm. you know, that I had to protect myself from being made fun of and just people laughing at me because I would answer the questions, and it would be like, I remember. <laughs> There was one time I was talking about basketball, and I said Bryant Kobe, because in the like ESPN they write last name first, and then they put the first name. Oh and right, like, right, this, right, This kid was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Bryant Kobe, I like him," and they were like, "It's Kobe Bryant." <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, like <laughs> okay, like yep. it's the same person, but it's just like little things like that, but kind of like that kids be doing, mm-hmm. right?" Right. So that's pretty match much where you, I st- I'll match
1: you on that one. Five mm-hmm. years old, kindergarten, couldn't speak English. And, you know, starting to understand a little bit, I presume. So these, like, blonde hair, blue eyes, curly hair, pigtails or some shit. And, you know, they're in their little clique and ask me to squeal like a mouse to join their club. And so I did. And they giggle. And I was like, oh, did I not do it right? And I was like, I squealed again, and they laughed. And it's like, nope, I didn't get in the club. So, yeah, these are, right? With these things that uh, we have to process, and we have to realize that, oh, cool, well, all right, the shell kept us safe. So we can, like, safe, whether within our own family, Because I do believe um, we both have strong spirits, Mm -hmm. so we are our own individuals, and we can acknowledge and um, have gratitude for the energies, the parts that did keep us safe, so that we can rock the goddamn stage right now.
0: Mm -hmm. And we do that because this flawless. Now that we
1: realize that we're safe, then we're Mm -hmm. able to show. Our true selves more right
0: absolutely and i think the beautiful thing about creating our own safety specifically with like you and i it's like it looks like we have passed that on and created a safe space for other people to to you know create their own narratives and to show up as their true selves even if it's just within the online sphere you know like especially now that quarantine and shit. We've all been connecting online and we've all been forming mm-hmm. these bonds. And like like you said, this interview probably wouldn't have happened if we weren't in these circumstances because like everything has that like order, you know, in the universe mm-hmm. when things happen, they happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, I want to hear about your healing journey from like that five-year-old kid that was trying to assimilate to the person that you are today. Like how did that mm-hmm. journey look like?
1: Hmm. Thank you, yeah, um, I would say that uh the longer portion of my journey, so i'm you know now that new york times that article put <laughs> all us our business all out there, you know it's it's now fine. I'll say I'm in my forties, so it's <laughs> yo, what? you wanna read that New York Times article. <laughs> yeah I just it the stated pictures. all it stated all of our ages so now i'm just like all right fine so here we go <laughs> precious want to talk about it? like here, here you go it's really america you know my journey is coming to america like you know and recently i did find out about my my own heritage Right. So real quick on that. Here's here's the background on that. All right. So Taiwan lost to the Communist Party in the Civil War, Civil War, 1949. So that's why China is now communist. Taiwan, the island below China, is not communist. We're nationalist. And it turns out that from my mother's side, um, my grandpa, maternal grandfather, was in the military. And my grandmother came from a well-to-do family. But in that arranged marriage, and because they lost, so they moved to Taiwan. My father's side came from a long line of farmers. And it's traced back um, in a book and all that for a thousand years that we came from some advisor, some noble dude, you know, to the king, emperor. And so... Anyways, now it comes down to my father's family, and that side is Hakka, so from that region of China. But then they went to Taiwan like 200-something years ago. So the Hakka are a badass, um, have a badass history. But, yo, I don't even know my own history up until this point. I don't know China's history because we weren't taught that. So I'll be upfront, Like, I'm one to call myself out, you know, and it's, it's going to be cool to start learning my own history. Uh, and I just um, say that because it's like farmers for like 200 years, you know, and also in small town in Taiwan. So coming to America is like – is about not knowing my own heritage, not knowing much about that, and then coming here at five years old not knowing English. Um, I still venture to say that Oklahoma, Duluth – And Pennsylvania were like still small towns. There's nothing like the large cities and the outskirts of, you know, America. Maybe Chicago. Yeah. Austin. Yeah. Like a few in between. Right? So here we are, just young Wang (laughs) in America, not speaking English. And then it carries on. I was indeed assimilating. I was boy crazy over boy bands. Like, you know, this is still being part of America. And I didn't know any different. And when people made fun of my eyes, I believed them. So there was uh, prior to being queer and even discovering that was, you know, that I did not think much of myself that maybe my own family didn't understand me or, you know, what people don't realize is, you know, where in the timeline and the culture do the parents come from. And so back in the day, it it's like if my grandparents were in an arranged marriage, that just tells you where we are where we are in the timeline, if that was possible, right? So daughters should not speak back to parents children should not speak back to parents like probably the that whole scene and not heard kind of thing and so we're left with maybe not speaking up much or being shut down when I do because in my eyes it's like oh no way that's not the right facts and like you want to correct them and and even a factoid like is a fallacy that you can't correct so okay um and that's my experience not to say that Parents and family didn't love me, my, right? It's not saying that at all. It's just that um, there's different beliefs, right, from culturally. But again, we are still here in America trying to not be made fun of so much and trying to, like, just do our own thing and discover life. But I would say that I just knew um, computers were just starting up color computers came on the scene you know uh and what in high school and uh, pagers came on the scene in college and then cell phones came on the scene you know later on so you're talking about no social media this is not like time has moved quickly y'all seriously like, we don't get a moment to slow down and think what, you know, how things develop tech, uh, with technology. So this is what it was like. Like, in my early days, I just had the external things from outside of myself to tell me something. And I am way over that now. I'm I'm definitely done with that. You know, I've done and tried or or have the value of looking within and attempting to because wow i spent so long just looking for validation from the outside when i in 2004 there were no other drag kings if there's no other asians doing this like oh well you know there are no other strong women um and so, in my college years, then my sexuality started to come out. But it wasn't till I was thirty that my masculine energy started to really emerge more. Right. So this is a whole damn journey here. We we need mm-hmm. to take a moment to slow down and just really get what life is like for individuals and and time wise. Not everything is like instantaneous and. You know over these fancy phones that we have now yeah this was just the last 20 years right so Mm -hmm. I, i didn't see any other i asked around for other drag kings it was like lucky seven something from philadelphia and people would start telling me like oh do you know the other drag kings i think murray hill's name came up but not many others like this was in philly and there were no other kings at the time so I wasn't trying to be a drag king. I just literally had this persona emerge from trying to use a tuxedo. You know, a wig and black clothing was a requirement. So the tuxedo, what did I own? I owned a dildo. I didn't want to spend too much money. So it all just like came together. And Wang, uh, the chinese e version of the Vegas singer, was born. You know, uh, aside from that, I was still holding down day jobs. I was still trying to, like, I don't know right still lost still in my 20s still like hopping around you know free spiriting trying to not be held in the container the shitty ass container of what we thought we had to like be in which is small town america or white america um predominantly white america or yeah just looking around at your family and, and at other things and the other people in the media. And we di- I personally, you know, didn't get much influence. And it took a while, but I, I felt like I did break through. I feel like I did break through. And it's possible to get to a point where I say this a lot. Shit is like the opposite of what you think it is. And that was the first epiphany that I had, like 17 years old and people are making fun of your eyes for years and you have nothing to like smart to like say back to them because no one's got your back. There's no other few other Asians and they're adopted and like this, that and the other. And so the opposite, the epiphany came when it was just like, oh, wait a second. Like, there's four billion people with these eyes. Like, it's not me. It's you. Right? When people, mm-hmm. when I was, like, out of town for this, like, camp, a, a black girl started complimenting me. And I thought she was joking. I thought she was making fun of me again. And she's just like, what the heck? Like, no. No, sis. Like, raise your head up. You know, I used to walk down, like, looking down and stuff. I didn't even know I did that, like she reflected that to me, you know, I was just chilling just trying to like survive, I suppose, And so I had to get the fuck out of there. I just knew to go to college in a big city, and then the Tasmanian devil energy as I call it, which is just this so much youthful energy and vigor and excitement, I was exploring all over Philly. Right, and I got into practically every damn nightclub before I was twenty one so I was doing all kinds of things, right, just trying to um explore excited just out of a small town and and that's the beginning days right before hopping to New York after that right where we where I began to like grow, so my spiritual journey didn't really i mean. People call it woke now, but and like, what was it like when you weren't? Do you remember that? Right? It it was right. rough. It's a rough line of demarcation in 06 in for me. You know, 04 was when Wang started, but 06 was Kung Fu, breath work, and education, actual classes. So that's why, you know, that's the beginning, I would say. 06 to 08 is really like my ass in the hot seat. Just like I don't know what this is. I don't know what this. Why I think so little of myself or the sorrow. I don't know what this is, but like let's start looking at this because this is something else. I don't know what the, what this shit is, but it's not for me. Like because that inner wang as I call it. <laughs> It's not even just wing. it's like that inner part of you that Mm -hmm. has to be like, no, but I am like there is something more to this that I feel it. I think there is. I think there is, you know, you got to listen to that voice. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. I kicked that door open. I, I, it was grueling. You know, it's not a one and done thing. A spiritual journey is not, oh, let me address this topic. Okay, cool. I'm good now. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be time and time and time again until, oh, okay, you good, you know, on that topic. So, yeah, I would say that, like, that is a good gist of my journey. So, it's come to recently where, again, the opposite is the truth. And it was like, Mm -hmm. Started out. Oh, I don't know. I guess I'm just gonna keep doing this. I don't know why. Like people (laughs) seem to like it. And then next thing you know, like, oh, no wonder there's no other Asians doing this because I'm that mofo.
0: Mm Hmm. Thank you for sharing. Like that's something that's very to be that raw and that vulnerable to share your journey in that capacity. Like there's a lot of things that resonate. You know of all the voices that that told you you know this is what's wrong with you that one person that was like hey pick your head up you know that's all it takes is just one person to just remind you of your light you know Mm -hmm. and i think for me it came um around my college days before i dropped out one of my sociology professors um told me like hey you're gonna change the world one day because of one of the assignments that i did and i was just like Uh holy shit i've never had someone say something like that to me and just to tell me that like hey you have a heart that's too big for this world to handle you know and it's like that's all it takes is one person to see you and just be like hey Uh hey you know pick your head up i see you you're doing amazing yeah you know And I think one of the main reasons why I try so much to push just affirmations on my social media is because like, we need each other, you know, for every person that you see walking down the street, they also have like a thousand Mm -hmm. other voices that weren't theirs. Like these seeds that were planted in elementary school, in middle school, in high school, they Mm -hmm. tend to stick with us and we don't realize that our subconscious is filled with so many seeds that we didn't even plant there, but they're just growing and growing. And then we end up not recognizing ourselves because there's just so much in our garden. So like... Mm-hmm. So many weeds. Let's not...
1: Let's be clear. Weeds. Okay? Absolutely. You know, it, it it's each individual's responsibility, however. You know, I love that you are putting out the affirmations. You know, I do my... Jay-o, you know, that... <laughs> Go, go, go. Add oil. You know, you can do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that's our small way. But I would say, I would venture to say, how about this? Because of the pandemic, I'm going to challenge folks if they see this. Like, really start to inquire your own responsibility for yourself and what weeds have overgrown. Mm-hmm. And maybe you know, reach out to us. I'll I'll be leading like breathwork sessions over Zoom and retreats. Um, I have a, a retreat for BIPOC women or AFAB uh, and female identified, you know, in upstate New York. So it's like I do gather um, with my siblings. And there is um, a force, my circle behind me now. Right? Like we have our ancestors, so we can tune into the positive things that we did inherit. And at the same time, like it's not, it might not be easy, but it is right now, like we can't do it for people. Mm. And people gotta get real with like sorting out, you know? And it can take just someone holding your space and that you don't have to do it alone. It's very mm. important. You don't have to do it alone. Like, I think magic and wang, we got you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the magic wang train. We we just right? jump in. We're healing. We're gonna jump heal. in. Like <laughs> get
1: real with us. Get real with us. Like, you know, you wanna go in? Like I I touch base now and I'm okay talking about ancestral healing. You know, that's why, like, my new digital show is called Sacred Wounds. I mean, it's in the damn name, mm. right? It, it's like talking and addressing ancestral healing, yes, primarily for the Asian diaspora, but not limited to, absolutely not. You know, there's so much we have in common, and it is just a basically a healing-centered celebration of the Asian diaspora. It's it's having an erotic ritual but letting me be wang so you're gonna laugh you're gonna cry you know we're, we're talking we're, we're putting it out there we're no longer hiding it under the rugs like our, our culture tends to be so what is the fusion of us in the diaspora like you know we are different by virtue of being in a different environment And so, so thus you are as well. What can you bring back to Kenya? Mm. Right. You step in there as magic dike. You're not showing up as that, you know, when you're, when you fly back and you land on the ground, you're not going to be having a fake beard and and showing your titties. (laughs)
0: absolutely wow (laughs) oh
1: wow you are magic dyke like that embodiment and the things that you've seen through the eyes right of magic and, and as you will continue to throughout as you grow like that's hot like you're gonna experience the world through the experience of magic dyke and and bring that you know back home and that's that's one of the things that took 14 years for me I didn't realize I was all chill like all right Taiwan's conservative Mm -hmm. and one year I just went back and something clicked and Les's magazine like much respect like the major uh lesbian or you know women for women magazine in all of Asia did a six-page feature on me and like interviewed me and like they were excited you know, there's other drag kings but not many Asians in, in Taiwan. And then they just realized that I was the OG. So like it it was cool, but the, the kings in Taiwan are dope. Like they're teaching makeup. They're they gather with each other, you know, with non Asians and Asians and it's just everyone is just like in it for drag. It's a cute it's a cute thing. Now they've grown. Right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize what um me doing Wang for so many years was gonna do but
0: yeah you never know
1: so I think you definitely will provide the same and I can't wait for it
0: I can't wait for that like thank you for those affirmations thank you for you know planting those seeds the same way that you planted the seeds of like Mm -hmm. exploration within the you know the kings in Taiwan and it's it's you know it all circles back to Our healing is is something that is our own responsibility. You know, I think something that you said was that, like, it's it's up to us to go inside and cut the weeds out and, you know, water the things that we want to grow and nourish and the nutrients, you know. It's it's our own responsibility to set it off, and we
1: can do it alone Mm -hmm. if we choose to go Mm -hmm. inward, and... You're definitely not alone because we got mad resources. Like, there's just a whole, like, there's support, there's people, there's other wise elders available because that's what this uh, American culture rarely acknowledges. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm claiming myself to be Crone Jr., you know, I got this, (laughs) right? You know, I have no shame in it now, you know, no Botox. (laughs) nothing right so (laughs) all natural um and and there's others right like you know even in in sacred wounds we have uh and they're not afraid of their age either so midori who is who brought shibari like japanese rope bondage like made it popular established the queer kink scene in san francisco in the 90s like og 55 Damien Dragon, adult um, film, gay adult film actor, is 51. Like, he's got all these tattoos and just, like, is very mm-hmm. confident in himself. Like, we're not playing anymore. Like, we, we don't have time to waste either. So they're, you know, they all know things. But in the healing realm, yes, there's plenty available. But in learning anything that we want, whether it's fetish or You know, anything that empowers, it's all available.
0: That's right. Like, it's available. So then
1: I guess I get to say to you, you know, magic, lift your titties up. I see you.
0: that's how we end the podcast magic just lift your titties up like, just, just both of them just one by one just lift them up like, okay wang said um so i guess i have to listen this is, it's not for me it's just i've been it's one of the elders told me to lift my titties up you know it's the, the ancestors want this I we have to do it for the people, it. you know? Listen, it, it's been given upon me, you know? It's it's just... It's an assignment that I have to go on. <laughs> I love that. Just <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Like, you are such an affirming being. You're such a powerful being. And, like, I've gotten the chance to experience the Wang, you know, that we all know and love. And I feel honored to you know get to hear your story and go beneath the layers and and something that you were talking about how at some point we as performers were like okay now now this is me pushing through this right now this is like you know me who i am at my core you know at these interviews yes i might be showing up as magic or wing but these are my core values these are the fundamental things that i lean on this is how i heal this is how I want, I want my community to, to know me and see me. You know, that's, it's very empowering to, to be in a room and just be like, this is me. This is me in my totality. And, and like, you know, like, because you've been in New York Times, Cosmopolitan, like Paper Magazine, all these different publications, you know, how does it feel to tell your story the many times that you have told your story? Like, how does that feel to share yourself with the world? Mm,
1: Thank you for asking that. So it's hard to let it come in. But I have to say that if, if I may speak as a small generalization of what I hear from drag kings in general, I really want to say that, hey, you know, there's a moment where the world appears a certain way. But we can't have everything instantaneous. Like, shit got real. Like, this is really, even, this is like, of all the apocalypses I've survived, like, <laughs> Right? Like, this is another big one. And wherever we are in our development, it's important to acknowledge that sometimes shit takes a while. But recently, and sadly especially because of the BLM movement, um, I've had people interested and respectfully tell my narrative. But there's an extra oomph in getting paid equally or it, you can sense and then really sense, um, maybe just before BLM, but e- recently, that people are willing, the journalists are willing to tell the narrative and coupled with my boundaries, me knowing to get a manager or someone to help negotiate when it comes to contracts, right? There, there's a team that sometimes you need, and it's okay to start asking for help, right? So it press came easily to me um, in '05. I don't know why, so it did. And I have to say, even then, it takes our boundaries. I said, no, send me the questions first. And I never answer the questions as myself. I only did it in the persona. Those were my beginning days. And this is like really one of the most realist I've gotten right about myself. So, it feels amazing. It is possible. It is absolutely possible to be treated equally if we're so concerned about equality. It is possible to be seen and heard. I have you know, been careful with my words in print, but they print it, right? I asked for it, and now it's moving on to video interviews, and you, it's not always perfect, but you ask, can you please maybe let me see it before you release it, like, you know, like, it's important to me that I tell my narrative, and then they're telling me it's important to them, Right? So I want to say that at some point, the way we used to be or the way things used to be, give a chance to shift instead of always seeing it as the same, right? Like, oh, it's always this way or, oh, we, we never get the respect that we deserve. Just hold your ground, but be very clear and center do your own work it you know because i'm not saying that this is just about drag like this is very much an inner game as well right and it's a a team of people that i if i don't know then i'll ask for advice it's it feels good and and it's um that waiting to exhale kind (sighs) kind of moment where it's like okay nothing's like super fab amazing yet, but I am on the path. I am on my, my timeline. I am on my way like I am doing my thing, right? We are, um, essentially history makers in this very small drop of water in the ocean. You know, it takes me to own being my age and my, my narrative and my journey and you know, but when... Um, I like to use the the term... Um, well, basically, it's the golden repair, right? The Japanese golden repair. Mm-hmm. Kintsugi. So when you break something, like the wound or whatnot, like if you repair it with gold, it's more valuable than what it originally was. And that breakage and that thing is part of the totality so it's part of the journey and it's perfect so uh 2008 to 2009 when i was at, when i moved to new york and was asked from a philly lounge to still perform wednesdays, wednesdays <laughs> for a karaoke i was just like oh i have a day job you know oh my gosh how do i do it but i learned in this class like some skills recently that I didn't learn from my parents. Like I had to go out and get it myself. And I said to them, okay, Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I really want to work with you. You know, I was always professional. Mm-hmm. And I said, how can we, th- we make this possible? And they called me back. And I thought they were joking again, me being kind of small, right? Even in 08. And it's just the process. And they said, oh, okay, so How about $300, a stretch limo, pick you up, and then we'll we'll drive you back. And I couldn't receive it. I was just kind of like not wanting to be stupid, look stupid. I just said, okay, so yeah, so um, great. Will this be picking me up from the Philadelphia bus station? Like I couldn't fathom that they would drive to New York, Mm. drive to Philly, drive back to New York, drive back to Philly in a stretch limo. So kings have been paid equitably or attempted to treated, be treated well, even in 08, 09. And that's the mentality that we got to start getting out of. So not only are we responsible for our own, you know, work and the, the extraness and the extra energies and extra voices and all the chaos. It's like, okay, cool. That was the past. Like, start weeding that shit out. And, you know, if, if I am me, then how are we interacting together? So you actually are supporting me by being more of a yumbuck drag king, but still holding it down and, right, reaching out and connecting. Like, there is some maturity that has to happen. That's just the whatso. so. Right. From from people like in their teens, 20s, like that's just the nature of things. Right. So there is a bit of, yeah, there's more awareness. Great. I hear it. I see it. But there's a a bit more ripening of the fruit, like some maturity, some things to learn to like not to take away from. Right. Like Mm -hmm. what I've built or how we collaborate or how things like that. So, right. Like everyone be a contribution. And so in this way, I feel that we're all in it together, that we're growing together.
0: Absolutely. And that's, you know, what I've gathered from everything you shared is a do the inner work, start the inner work and then recognize that you're not doing it by yourself. Like it's okay to, Ask for help, because if you're trying to expand out of what you what you've known, you're going to need some people who've done more than you've done, you know, like getting a manager, recognizing that, like, hey, there are people who, you know, do this and can handle this part of my, you know, my career or for people outside of drag. Like if you want to expand your business, reach out to mentors, reach out to people you know financial advisors and people who can help you expand from your little tiny bubble that you know you might have created for safety reasons like just to keep yourself you know financially safe and mentally safe but when you start expanding you know you have to like stretch your wings and like reach out Mm -hmm. to other people but it all starts with you like that inner expansion is what allows you to recognize your worth and you know know that like the limo can come and get you from new york to philly back to you know like you're worthy of luxury you know like Mm -hmm. knowing that you're worthy of this investment and then find people who are also going to help you invest in yourself and invest in other parts of you that might have been like your blind spots you know like if contracts and Mm -hmm. other things that come with your job aren't like a strong suit. There's someone out there who knows how to do that. Like, if you are studying exactly. videography, there's someone there who's done videography and can be. And like, hey, it's their passion. And oh. contracts are their passion. Mm. Like,
1: See? okay, please. You know? <laughs> yeah. But there you go. You like can get that, someone that's to what negotiate. we forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they geek out over it. Like, mm-hmm. let someone else do their gift. Let them, yeah. You know, right. be their gift. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So it's like, if if the listeners here, if you've gathered anything from this interview, I hope it's the fact that, like, <laughs> listening to two culture, uh, what did you call it? Culture fuckers? Culture fucking. <laughs> you can culture fuck, you know, the, where you start, you know, your environment, your culture. And the different things that make you you, you know, you can expand from different narratives and you can create your own narrative. Like if anything, if yeah. you've taken anything away from this podcast is that like you can create your own fucking narrative. You can be whoever the fuck you want to be. And there's an army of people waiting to go forth with you. You know, we are guided by our ancestors and guided by those who came before yeah. us. And like for you specifically, um, as you're. Learning about your lineage and your heritage and your culture. Like, I am sending you absolutely nothing but just like love and healing energy and just like, I'm excited for your journey. I'm excited for you to learn more and to uncover more because you already speak with such wisdom, such truth, your voice, your work, everything that you do already carries so much power. So I can't even imagine how much that's going to get amplified the more you get to see your lineage and how all these things have been passed down to you and like you walking in your light is shining your light onto others. Like my journey has been made way better because I have known you and have gotten a chance to talk to you and to to. Be in conversation with someone who is older, wiser, and can tell me my worth. Like, hey, little bitch, like, you you can ask for a limo, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you, you're you worthy of of investment. Like, you have taught me as a drag king and outside of drag, just, like, it's okay to just stop and breathe. Slow down. Yes. Know yourself. Like, if, if me personally, I've just walked away... From this breathing, you know, from the belly, from the heart, from the chest, expanding my breath, physically, mentally expanding and just expanding. That's really my biggest takeaway is just expansion and being okay Mm -hmm. with that expansion and knowing that I'm worthy of breaking through these molds and these things that have tried to, to limit me so thank you so much like it's who who magic
1: damn thank you (laughs) i mean (gasps) hey um you are worthy and here to remind everyone as i have seen you also be vulnerable and make your posts too and that is the essence of, of you know, this p- present connection, right? It's an honor to be with equals as well. So that we as essentially two-spirit, like it's not our skin color. The This meetup is not about just two different cultures and forever it shall stay. This is this is the fact that we have begun to know thyself our our true you know beings and to touch with that a bit and to realize that there's just like we don't owe anyone shit they don't owe us anything you know there's no expectations it just robs us robs us of joy it's like we are here in this commun- you know, community in this right moment communion, and just saying, "Hey, isn't it nice to be amongst like other healers and multi-dimensional beings that rock it on stage but also have different looks when we take off the makeup, can can speak a sentence, right? Got something to share?" Got something to say on the MIC. Right? So we were once revered. And I don't forget that. And I'm grateful for the ancestors and those other old elder kings that have brought us to this point. Yeah. We're here. Life Life with magic. Life with magic.
0: Thank you for listening to the Life with Magic podcast. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time. Peace.